another installment of the Adjusting the Will podcast. Welcome to week 11, fresh off of Super Bowl week. Will, what's going on, man? Ain't too much, man. Ain't too much. How was your weekend? It was cool. Eventful. 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 Yeah. But it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Back to it, you know. You know what? I was thinking, we are primarily a football podcast. Okay. Um, But I was watching that All-Star game yesterday, man. Atrocious. <laughs> And it, it just made me think of, uh, think about the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And, and it's starting to feel like these fest- festivities, they don't really mean much to, to, to the sport anymore. To the players. I think it's more so the players. I think the, the you know, the league still want to, you know, add that element to the game, you know, as far as the fans and everything with the All-Star Weekend and Pro Bowl. But the players don't take it serious anymore. The, the similarities that I saw... Um, the the All Star festivities, in particular the All Star game, of course, felt more like a end of the, end of the year festivity. Yeah, right? and that's what we usually see with the Pro Bowl. Pro mm-hmm. Bowl guys are packing it in. Some of them haven't played in weeks. They probably working their way out of football shape. Um, with basketball, it's right smack in the middle of the season. Right, and it just feels like, you know, they're not playing for anything. Um. It the only one that still seems to be competitive is Major League Baseball because oh. when you get out there, you gotta play defense. You gotta play. If you yeah. Don't they just gonna keep scoring? But yeah, man, I, I it, it just made me think about how players they don't seem invested in these things anymore. And a lot of the times they talk about how you know the entertainment value for the fans and putting on a show for them. And that was probably the weakest All Star game I've seen. And and the NBA has done so many things to try to make it more eventful, like how you get the money for the charity based off each quarter now. Mm-hmm. So they try to get them to play a little more, you know, like a little harder towards the end of each quarter to try to win and steal it. But I think I think I mean, do you think they should go back to the East West format? No, because I, I like them picking I like, players. Yeah. I like and it I, a lot. And I like and I like based off this year. I think this might have been the first year where the the um the fans picked the starters. Right, they got voted. They right. they got voted in based off the starters, and then the players got to pick the reserves. Right, I like that more than the East West because the way the league is, most of the talent is in the West now. Yeah, so if yeah, you do it that yeah. way, you yeah. get what I'm saying. Yep. The East probably would never win that way. Right. You know what I mean? So going back to what you were saying as far as the charities and stuff like that, is it players do get paid a certain certain amount for participating in the, the All-Star game, right? Yeah, and the winning team gets more and stuff like that. But I think it's like a hundred grand. I think it's like a hundred grand every quarter. So mm-hmm. like last night, the first quarter they, they tied. So mm-hmm. each got fifty. Fifty. Right. And then Team Yon has won everything else after that. Right. So I think they ended up with like 550 for their charity. The thing that I do like about the NBA compared to the NFL is that despite how despite how bougie a lot of these players are, yeah. they're divas. We see some certain divas in the NFL, but they definitely seem to take care of their their players yeah. a lot more. Even with um you know, the artists who performed. Um, and then speaking of that, it, it makes me think back to the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. we had this discussion about Rihanna's halftime performance and right. how, to me, just from the information that I've gathered, 
they're not paying, NFL that is, are not paying the artists for the halftime performances. The artists are relying more on, um, I guess, the revenue. They, they generate revenue from third parties. Right. So, for instance, I, I can't remember if it was Coca-Cola or Pepsi. They sponsored Rihanna, so a lot of the money that she did make off of the Super Bowl was through that. Went through them. And then, of course, they look at streaming, um, whatever they might, the numbers that might go up as far as um, their songs their and songs, stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, that's not a direct benefit to them because right. that benefits more to the um, record labels, the record labels and, and stuff. Like stuff. Yeah. They said her Fenty products uh, shot up like 800%. That's directly to her. That's directly to her. Mm-hmm. But to me, it feels like the NFL are kind of getting out of having to pay these artists. Because they're, because they're basically saying, our brand is so big, we'll benefit you in other ways. Yeah, but they're still pocketing. Uh, right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Now, my issue, it's like, it's like twofold with me. I feel like I like the locations of the NFL Pro Bowls a lot more than I've been liking the NBA's locations. Okay. Because last year it was in Cleveland. Right. What is there to do in Cleveland? That I mean, when you think about the festivities, just that weekend in general, for people that are visiting. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, man, you went to an all-star weekend. Like, I mean, I think that. What are we doing in Cleveland? Or like for last night, Utah. It was cold. <laughs> like, what you, you get what I'm saying? You thinking more so like tropical, sunny, you know what I mean? Vacation. Vacation like, type. But yeah. you in Utah, we sweatpants, hoodies. I think jackets, I think it's like, more for, you know, the exposure for the fans that live there. They get an opportunity to, you know, to be able to host. Um, same thing with Super Bowls. They they tie a lot of the festivities into the city. Right. Right. Now with the NBA, I'm not too familiar with all of what they do. I just know that it's a weekend event. Um, but remember, cause slam dunk contests used to, they've always been on Saturday, yeah, right? Always. But it was something that was oh Friday. Friday they have like the celebrity. The celebrity game. And then the, and um, they didn't the do rookie that this year. versus second that. year. They did do the celebrity. They did the celebrity DK game. was in, DK played See, it. See, I didn't even watch it. I me neither. That. I never watched right, it. I missed that. Though. And then they, the NFL sent them the, uh, the drug test for, for that, uh, that, that, that video that yeah. went viral. But they was going to drug test him for the game. He had 20 and 10. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Like, hold up. You, you shouldn't be able to move like that. Right, so right. I, I knew sooner or later he was going to get a drug right. test. But, I, I mean, that was my only issue. And um, I don't like how mo- most of the three-point specialists aren't in the three. Like, they had Julius Randle in there. Well, he actually... Um, he subbed for somebody. Somebody else was supposed to uh, be in the three-point contest. But but I don't think he should have been in it. Jason Tatum shouldn't have been in it. Um, I'm not mad at Tatum because that's that's his game. But that's not really like not not like a not like just a stand and shoot three-point shooter. You get him like yeah, a I get catch what you're and shooter. Like that's not his game. I get he's, what you're he's saying. He's more of a in the moment, step into the shot type of shooter. But he still put up twenty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But. Yeah. You're going against other play like Dame is Dame. That's what I'm saying. He clutch. Yeah, yeah. he can shoot from anywhere. Yeah. But is that really his game? Dame, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I would. I would expect Dame to be in the three point shootout before Tatum. You get what I'm saying? See, like, I, I watch see that. Watching a lot of Celtic games, like that's Tatum's game. 
Yeah, but I think that's like he more not, so. It's been he, it's been a lot lately. Yeah, you know what I mean. But when he first came into the league, that really he was more yeah. like mid range. You know what I mean. So right. it's just certain players like, and then none of them are doing the all like the dunk contest. Yeah, I don't like that. Like Josh ja should have been in a dunk contest, and he said he'll never do it. Why? Same thing with Braun. Like and ja, Braun never ja, did one. Ja tried to do a. Uh, between the legs and the game. In, in game yesterday, yeah. yeah. So, so, but why not do it? You understand what I'm saying? Right. Like, bring that, bring that, because that. If you think about when we were growing up, that was the highlight of All Star Weekend, the right. dunk contest. See, if with the NFL, even like one of the, one of the um, one of the things they had this year was like kick tack toe, where, and I'm just like, oh, that, that's that's corny. If anything, like for the receivers. Have some type of competition where, like you know, with the with the uh, ball machine, multiple balls are being thrown at you. Got to catch, catch as many as you can. Yeah, something along those lines, like yeah. something that would add a, another element to, and that would keep the viewers' interest. Yeah, because it's. I feel like even the players are losing interest. Yeah. Um, back in the ninety and and to same thing with. The NBA is like the level of competition in these exhibition games is just not there. Like for me, it's just like, bro, if I was playing, like I, I appreciated the fact that Braun did try to play a little defense yesterday. Like he hurt yeah. his finger on the attempted block, yeah. but everybody else was just standing around on defense. It's like as a competitor, you want to give it your all no matter the occasion. But answer this for me. Do you think that the fans that were in – attendance, do you think they like it better when they're not playing defense based off the highlights that they get to see? But what highlights did we see? Like We like seen the them chucking the ball dunks. up. With, yeah. we, only, we saw a few of those, but yeah. they weren't exciting dunks. Everything right. else was just chuck and shoot from, you 50. know, inside half court. Yeah. So, And I think it's the same way with the NFL. Like, a lot of these players, they lose interest in these exhibitions, these festivities that to to them, it seems like it don't matter to them. They rather be somewhere in in, in Cabo. In Cabo, I you think they should saying? do the. I think they should put the Pro Bowl for the NFL. I think it should be at the end of the year, where, after the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay, where everybody can play. But the only thing about it is, like I said, in in terms of football players, with some of them who haven't played in four or five weeks after the season ended, yeah. They might not want to, especially if it's a and you risk getting full contact game. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. I I just think that they need to make some adjustments, some improvements to, um, you know, even if even if the pro, I mean, of course, you couldn't do a a mid season Pro Bowl because you still risk the chance of somebody getting hurt. Um, because you saying, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you saying the NBA is about to do a mid season tournament. Mm mm. They're about to start a mid-season tournament. Like, in the middle of the the, the basketball season, they're yeah. going to do a tournament That's, that's why in I the watch middle. too much basketball. Yeah, it's, it's getting it's, like, what? Like, yeah, a mid-season. Mid yeah, a mid-season tournament. But, yeah, let's get to um, – so this is actually the first week of the off-season, and yeah. the thing about football, football don't sleep. So um, certain moves we haven't touched on um, prior to last week with the Super Bowl – uh, coaches that that have gotten hired. Um, we didn't discuss the Sean Payton move mm -hmm. uh, to Denver. Uh, Denver gave up what a one and a two, a one what? and a two, a one and a two. Mm -hmm. So their draft capital was basically shot, 
<laughs> like I don't know how they're going to be able to replenish that. Oh, yeah. Um, but do I think Sean is going to be able to help Russell to an extent? But Russ is getting up in age, and I feel like it's only so much you can do. You know what I'm saying? You can't treat teach a old dog new, new tricks. tricks. So, yeah. and Russ, if anything, he's beginning to decline. From what I've seen the last three years. I mean, that's why you, know, you saying beginning to, he's kind of on that hill now. Like, he's coming down. But the last two years in Seattle, like I said, for for some reason, the last three or four years in Seattle, he start off fast and, and then he, he cool off. off. Yeah. Um, but the last two years in particular, I know two years ago he was hurt. Mm-hmm. But because Geno came in, played, played decently. But um, back to Denver – I know Denver has new ownership, so I know they feel like they need to make moves and they need to make them fast in order to keep the fan base, um, you know, engaged. They're not going to lose their fan base. They're not, but... But the new ownership, they want to But the win. thing about it is the team that you have now was built to win. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you better do something because your draft capital shot. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, they got a young team for the most part. For the most part. So I think I think that's how they're looking at it as far as the draft compensation that they've given out. I think they're more so looking at it like we can get some lower-level The only The only thing I don't like, like about it is that players that you do have on the team, they're going to be coming up on Deals. contract extensions, mm-hmm. and they're not going to want um, – What's the term? Hometown discounts. Hometown discounts. So you already paying Russ a crazy crazy amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Simmons is signed up, so you good there. I didn't like the Randy Gregory signing, but you know it is what it is. He's Jerry straight. Judy's coming up. Yeah. Uh, those are the only enemy. Pat, Pat Sertan, this will be his third year coming up, so you at least have him for another four years without having to Before pay him a lot of money. Him. Right, right. So – uh, so yeah, the the Sean Payton to Denver move. I get it from Sean Payton's standpoint. You you have a team that's built to win now, mm-hmm. but in that division, I just don't know. I honestly don't know. It's based, man. I mean, it's based off what their offense can do. It's based on what their offense can do. Their defense is built to withstand that division. Yeah. You know what I mean? They looked bad last year because of the positions they were put in due to the offense. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? The defense is a lot better than what we saw last year. Right. So And I'm, they still did. They still they, played they, well. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if you looked at their numbers, you you would think, like, right. that's not a good team. But, no, I think, I think it was more so their offense. So if Sean Payton can get Russ to be 70% of what he was in his prime in his heyday, they would be okay. Yeah. They'd be all right. I did, despite the the team or the franchise that it is and how much we despise them, I definitely like the the Houston move with D'Amico Rhines. D'Amico Rhines, yeah. Especially with him being a former Texan. Um, that was a fan base move. Yeah. That was to get them was. back on their side. Right, definitely. And this is, this is what, their third black coach in, in, three, in years. three years. <laughs> they signed him to a five-year deal, so – for for him, I would like to see it work out. Hopefully, he puts something in the contract where they have to give him at least three. I feel like yeah, you get. But what then I'm even still, it would make sense. Like if you give him less than that, then it just shows that you don't care and you're not being patient because that team 
there is no team right now. Right, but I'm going off their their recent history. The last two coaches they've let go in a year. Right, but but you also have to think about the whole Deshaun Watson situation. He was still a part of that team the last well prior to this prior year. To this year, yeah. The year where they traded D Hop, mm-hmm. where um, that was got, the beginning of the end. Right, and then the year after that where. Deshaun had a great year. They yeah. were just bad. They was just bad. That yeah. was uh, JJ's last year yeah. there. So I think that now with you starting from scratch, like that roster is depleted. Like you have no one on that roster outside of Laramie Tunsil, yeah. um, who's their mainstay at left tackle. Mm-hmm. You still have Cooks, but he wants out of there. Yeah. But I don't see anybody wanting to trade for him when he has an $18 million cap. No, they're going to have to release him. They're going to have to cut him. Yeah. Nobody's going to take that. 18 million hit. Nobody yeah. not. I, I, I wouldn't. He's too much of a one trick pony for me to give him 18 a year. But he's on. Yeah. So basically, being on the last year of his deal, that's how much he'll be making. So if and you know he want a new deal if you if you trade for him. Right. But he don't even want to be there. So like you better off just releasing him. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So all right. So Monday or Tuesday after uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, who was the first? The, it was the OC that got hired in Indianapolis, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of his name. Not Gannon. No, Gannon. Gannon is the DC who went to Arizona, and you brought it to my attention that, well, for one, sticking with the Colts, I'm not mad at that move. Um, offensive minded, another Philly OC that they select. Um, and I think at this point, it's safe to say that let's see who they take in the draft. As far as a quarterback, Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's see who they take in the draft. Who do I, you think fits their style? I don't think I don't think neither of the top two fits with Bryce or CJ. I don't think yeah. they fit them. Uh, based on what Philly OC did yeah. this past year, no, yeah. neither one of them. Yeah. Um, and you know that's the offense they're going to try to bring something similar. Now neither. I don't think they'll be able to do the RPO part, right? Unless you take one of those two, but I don't think you want to put Bryce in. No. That type of system. No. No. And CJ's not as mobile. Right. Um, but I think uh the Colts pick fourth in the draft. I believe so. I think it's fourth. Yeah, they are fourth. So I don't know. Like we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um and then again into Arizona, right? And you brought it to my attention that he interviewed what, Monday or Tuesday? He interviewed Tuesday. Tuesday. The, the day after the Super Bowl and, and got, got the job. And got the job. Off the one same, interview. Off one interview. It wasn't like they day. interviewed him and then said, hey, let's come in for another one. I don't, that's the one move I don't like because I think, and I'm, I'm sure some Philly fans would agree because even after the Super Bowl, a lot of them were saying, like, I can't wait to get, get Gannon out of here. Like, seriously. But why are they saying that? Because they think. He benefited more for from the players than act than the actual scheme defensively. But doesn't that you could say that about a lot of coaches? Um, no. Most of the time, the players make the scheme work. Defensive coaches, no. I think that defensive coaches make players better based on their scheme. I think when you look at a Robert Sala who was in San Francisco, you look at the players that he had, and the 49ers were a number one defense. Mm -hmm. Year two in the Jets, you see how much better Keenan Williams looked, right? Even with D'Amico Ryans, he still had 
a top-tier 49er yeah. defense, yeah. but to me, the weakness of that defense is the secondary, and the secondary played exceptionally well. Look how Hufunga, you know, how, you know, the strides that he took in year two. Could that be because of the pass rush? The same, the same issue that fell in Philly? The secondary looks better when you have that pass rush. See, and that's what I'm saying. With Philly, I think outside of Slay, who in like CJ Gardner Johnson, he's cool. He's decent. But he was more of a nickelback right. in New Orleans. Yeah. A lot of that in the beginning of the year, because remember he had got hurt. He had like a some kidney issue or something yeah. like that. So he missed like five or six games down the stretch. But he was leading the league in interceptions prior to him getting hurt. And okay. a lot of that was from the pass rush. Yeah, the pass rush. From, yeah. you know, getting to the quarterback and him making errant throws and whatnot. So right. I think that with Philly, what we saw in the Super Bowl, what we saw in their game against Dallas, I think that's who their defense really was this year. That's that's what I'm saying. That's like So if, if I don't you, that's what I'm you, saying. As far as the Gannon move, I I think that he benefited from having great players on that defense. And remember, Philly got out to leads, big leads, in a lot of their games this year, which forced the opponent to pass. So playing and, devil's advocate to that, why can't you say the same thing about the OC? As far as what? Him benefiting from the players he had. We can. You get we what can. I'm saying? Based off that. But, but based off more that. so in particular, when I look at, see, Philly's offense was more stable, more consistent than their defense. Right, but but the, the stability came from the, the, the level of players they had. Right. The quarterback, the receivers, you know what I mean? So that's why I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate because if the def, if the DC benefited off the players he had on the field, we could say the same thing about the OC. You can. And they both got jobs. You they know both, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that I mean that most of the time, most of the time that that's not a one off. Because most of the time the the Super Bowl teams, their coaching staffs get depleted after the year. Right. Everybody comes and steals, so that's not Right. It's not too far. I'm not surprised by it. I'll say that. I'm just surprised by one interview getting you a job. Oh yeah. That's that, something. That, that was that was the that, that like was the craziest kinda, part yeah, to me. Something to kind of yeah, you look at and go, huh? Yeah. Um Carolina hired Frank Wright. I'm not mad at that move. Nah, not mad at um, that. I'm trying to think who else I think those were the head coach head coaching yeah, vacancies. Head coach, yeah. And uh of course some OCs moved around. Eric Bienemy. Finally left Kansas City. He's in Washington now. And one of the reasons why I feel like he went to Washington um, is because we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with Riverboat. Right. Ron. And they got him as the assistant head coach. Exactly. So and even the past two years. His then, health. Yeah, his health. So I could see him being promoted. Sliding up in mm-hmm, there. Yeah. To, you know, as head coach at, at some point. But I want but I want I want people to be patient with him, though. Be enemy, yeah, yeah, because he doesn't have Pat Mahomes, he doesn't yeah, have he doesn't have a quarterback period right you, now. You know, but he doesn't have Travis Kelsey, he doesn't have Tyreek. Now, don't get me wrong, he got some good receivers. Yeah, you got you. I think Jahan Dotson is definitely going to take a take a leap in year two. You still have Terry McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, and um, Brian Robinson's cool. The running back, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You I, got Antonio Gibson. I, I like I like their skill positions, but none of that matters without the quarterback. Right. So I don't want it to be a situation where halfway into this year or you know three quarters into the year they saying, oh yeah, he was a product of Andy and <clears throat> Mahomes. 
right. when he's leaving a totally different level of players. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to be patient with. But I yeah. mean, we understand that part of it. I'm just putting it out there to the masses because everybody will just look at it at face value. Right. Like, okay, he left Kansas City and now look at him. Right. No, you got to understand what he's going to. And it's a totally different level. Right. So now, I just you, want some patience with that. Um, what 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 other moves were made? Um, of course the Ravens hired the OC from from Georgia. Yeah. Uh, we spoke about that briefly last week. Um, I'm still not in limbo, but I'm still unsure about the move. I like the philosophy that he brings. I know when we did talk, you were saying <clears throat> how you didn't like the inconsistency as far as him being in a lot of places. Yeah, so most of the time, man, most of the time, and you know you're you're a lot better with the history of it mm -hmm. than I am, but most of the time, if you juggling back and forth from college to the NFL, yeah, something you understand what I'm saying. When something I look, is when I looked at off by when that. I looked at his resume, I, I think he's one of those position coaches that he just wants to be a position coach. He doesn't want to be a head coach. I think he had one head coach opportunity, and that's when the Jets hired Adam Gase. Okay. Um, he interviewed for that position. So what, that was 09? That was, no, Adam Gase was 16, 17? Remember, he was with New York for, what, he three seasons? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, three, four like 17? Yeah, seven, somewhere around there. But the thing with, I forget his name. I, I should have, um, the the new OC for, for Baltimore, forgive me. Mm -hmm. Um. He was with, he he, go ahead, Todd Munkin, Todd, Todd Munkin. Munkin. Um, he was the OC in Tampa mm -hmm. for those Jameis Winston years. Right. They had a potent passing attack, but of course you have Jameis Winston, who is very erratic. Um, Mike Evans. But his strengths is throwing the ball. The the OC that is. No, Jameis. Jameis, right. But then Jameis upstairs. Yeah, and, yeah. No, I'm just saying <clears> like that. His strength is throwing the ball. That's what Jameis does. Right. You know what I mean? So now, of course, he's erratic because he was 30 for 30. Right. You know what I mean? But when you think of Jameis, you think of passing. Right. So, okay, that so, makes sense. So, so in Tampa, he had a top passing attack all three years. I think he had the number one passing attack his last year in Tampa where Jameis went 30, 30 for 30. For 30. Yeah. Um, and then Lovey Smith was the head coach. He got fired. So now you got to go find new employment. Right. Freddie Kitchens was the interim uh, in Cleveland, they let him come back for a year. Mm -hmm. That was Baker's second year. Baker didn't have a great second year following up his his his, rookie his decent rookie year, mm -hmm. but the offense looked still looked decent. You had two one thousand yard receivers in OBJ and and Jarvis, and then uh, Nick Chubb had his best rushing year at almost fifteen hundred yards. Kitchens got let go. You got to find new employment again. Okay. And then from that point on, that's when he went to Georgia. He went to Georgia after that. But he was so, at LSU before that. He uh, yeah, he went back to LSU as the wide receivers coach right. and then he went to then he went to Georgia. Right. But remember when he went to LSU was Ed Oregon was he, was he cuz remember he got let go after Was he with him? I can't remember. I think he was with LSU for one year because he was a position coach. Then he got promoted yeah. as an OC in Georgia, and he was in Georgia the last three years. So I get what you're saying. It seems like a lot of moving around, but because I just know, like <clears throat> even when you get even when you get a new head coach in, if you're good at what you're doing, mm -hmm. they'll give you 
the benefit of the doubt and say, all right, I'll keep you on because you already got a rapport with the quarterback and you know what I mean? So, yeah, but it's it's, it's Stefanski. A, he's an offensive guy, right? Stefanski. Yeah, in Cleveland. I would think so. So if he's a, he's and then defense. I feel like he calls play, he calls plays. Yeah, so plays. what yeah, what am I going to retain you for? That makes sense. So I'm not mad at it. I just again we we have to see who's going to be here as far as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to see um, if Lamar isn't here, and you give the keys to Huntley because I feel like. The quarterbacks that are available uh, this offseason, I don't think the Ravens are going to take a stab at none of them. And I, not even just they're not going to take a stab at them. I wouldn't understand why when you're going to have to pay similar to right. what you would have to pay if you kept Lamar. So what do you think? What do you think? Um, with everything that's going on, we we get into the trade rumors. What do you think? What would be most ideal for? Lamar, and what would be most ideal for the Ravens? Most ideal for Lamar, based off teams, that's what you're asking me. Um, the most ideal is if he could get to Miami. That would be the most ideal for him. But the most ideal for the franchise, I would give you two. My number one would be Atlanta. My number one spot would be Atlanta, based off. They're not, they don't have anybody on their payroll. They were in heavy <clears throat> on the Deshaun Watson last year. They were willing to give Deshaun Watson whatever he wanted. Right. So, you know, they're comfortable with that kind of quarterback. Right. And they have all of that, the trade capital to make it happen. They got cap room, trade capital. They got a decent offense. You got a young tight end, tight end a young receiver. You know what I mean? So I could see, I could see back, if it was me. O-line. If it was me, it would be either Atlanta or Carolina. Now, what can you see? What can you see? Because I feel like I like what you said earlier, and it was a hot take. But I also said I don't know if Atlanta would be willing to give him up. But you mentioned if they throw in A.J. Terrell in the trade. Yeah, because first of all, when you when you when you when you trying to talk to Baltimore, right. you got to talk their love language. Defense. Defense. That's their love language. So if you could get Lamar, let's say I'll give you two ones, a two, and AJ Terrell. Y'all have to y'all need a corner. I think the Ravens win that win that trade if that happened. Two ones, a two, and AJ Terrell? Of course. But Atlanta is desperate. You understand what I'm saying? Are, but are they though? Are they because they that to me like last year, even though they finished what five and eleven, five and twelve, six and twelve, something like that, they were playing good ball in the beginning of the year, and then you know they experienced some injuries. But, but if you have an opportunity to get Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. you're gonna do that. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm. But just, then you give up a cornerstone. You give up a piece. At, sometimes at the you gotta position? Cut, you gotta you gotta cut off your fingers to save your hands. Sometimes. That's true. You understand what I'm saying? That's so true. that's a good analogy. That's the way. That's the way to talk to Baltimore. Yeah, we, we know y'all getting rid of Peters. He's up in age. Yeah, he's uh he was on last year's he deal. Was on this his year. Last I can't year. see them resigning. So him, so look, y'all, we could bring y'all in AJ Terrell. Y'all could put him right in with Marlon. Mm-hmm. But like I was telling you earlier, I feel like him and Marlon are, are, are similar styles. I feel like when you when you have a defense, but he would fit y'all scheme more than than Peters did to me. 
Yeah, but Peters was a playmaker prior to prior to that injury though. So like Marlon, he is a physical corner. Um that year where he had all those forced fumbles and he went all pro, I think it was it was deceiving. Okay. AJ Terrell has similar he has a similar skill set as far as well, AJ Terrell to me is a better zone corner than a man mm-hmm. in man coverage. I see him get beat a lot, man. Okay. I see Marlon get beat a lot, man. But Marlon is he's physical and he could beat you up. But y'all front end will help them. What our pass rush? Yeah, the the front seven all together, the, the linemen and the linebackers will help them. And then you got to remember, uh, Smith is coming. I mean, not Smith. Williams will be a hundred percent healthy at your safety spot. Mm-hmm. I think. If I was Baltimore, that's what I would do. I would talk solely because, first of all, I'm not talking to nobody in the AFC. Y'all oh, hang, absolutely not. Y'all can right. hang that up. Right. Seattle's a little They're more. They're not going to do it because. Seattle's yeah. a little more stable. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm and saying? you don't want to kick out all that money. I'm not, but, mm-hmm. I'm not doing all that. Because I got to give you capital. I got to be able to keep your team together. I got to give you draft capital, and I got to pay this man whatever he want. Right. I'm not going to do that. We're not going to keep Geno just to steady my ship. Yeah, you, that's not a desperate organization. Right, they, they, you, you're not going to be able to fast talk. And I don't Seattle. think Detroit's desperate anymore either, because they're comfortable if they have to keep golf. Yeah, but they're in position to get a quarterback if need be. Right, you see what I'm saying? So Atlanta or Carolina, Carolina. y'all could now, y'all could play. All right, them. so you you gave you gave us a, a trade scenario with Atlanta. Now give us a trade scenario with Carolina. With Carolina. The draft capital will matter. I don't because they're not, not going to give up. They're not going to give you Brian they're not Burns. Give they're not going to give you J C Horn. They're not going to give you Chin. Chin. They're not going to do that. Right now, you might be able to get a haul of picks from them. Mm-hmm. You might be able to get two ones, two twos. Carolina is Carolina picking. They definitely picking in the top ten. They in the top ten. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So is Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But do you? Those two organizations are organizations where. We wanna we want somebody we know at that quarterback position. We've seen Lamar. Now with Carolina, I don't think Frank Wright, I don't think Lamar is his cup of tea. So that's my only That's possible. My only concern with that's that possible. Possible scenario. But at the end of the day, his his voice doesn't matter if the GM <laughs> wants him. If the owner wants him. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We we already know how head coaches be going this way, GMs and man. Now do you think that's a way. conversation that they had prior to him being hired? Like, no. No. Because they might not they might not at this moment they might not have been into the Lamar sweepstakes not knowing what Baltimore is really going to do. Now Carolina was also in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes last year. So right. I think that was that's a possible conversation that might have been had because if Frank Rock Frank Wright especially cuz he he's another player who played for Carolina. Yeah. He uh he was their their quarterback in year 1. Their uh, inaugural season. And I just feel like giving him the benefit of just having that conversation, like what are we what what are we doing at the quarterback position? Because they also have questions at that position. At that position. The only one, the only quarterback you have on the roster, I don't know if PJ Walker still is is still uh but on the roster, not. but Sam Donald, he's not the answer. Yeah. So with these teams, especially with Carolina, it's do you want to keep Going down this road of giving up draft capital for a quarterback. Now that's the now now that's the conversation that I think was had more so than the Lamar conversation. Frank Wright, based off what you did in Philly, 
and based off what you did in Indianapolis, do you feel as though you could fix Sam Donald? Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Because you got to remember, that was a top five pick. He went two. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So maybe, and I and I would never hold any quarterback's Jets career against them. Because <laughs> you're, you're against the eight ball coming in there. Yeah, it's New York. You understand what I'm saying? Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So could you fix him? Yeah. Now that know. that's yeah. more so like 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 if I had to if I had to bet my money, if I had to bet my money, I'm betting my money on Lamar to Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, same here. Same here. If they're if they're and I think I that would bring Raven, excitement back to to, to, Atlanta. to Atlanta the way of Vic course. did. Yeah. Of course. Now, if I'm the Ravens, I want you to answer this for me. If yep. you're the Ravens, what tag are you putting on them? The exclusive one. You gonna put the exclusive? Mm-hmm. I will put the non-exclusive. Wow. I will. I will. I will go out. Go out there and see. The reason why I wouldn't put the non-exclusive is because if a team so happens to, because the way the non-exclusive works, if a team offers him a contract and you don't match it, then you don't get the draft capital that you can get if you put the exclusive one on them and. You see what I'm saying? Get what you deserve to get back. Do you? So you wouldn't be okay with just two ones? I think you can get more than two ones for okay. Lamar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But I'm I'm just thinking. I was just basing that more so off seeing if you would really get this fully guaranteed that you think you would get. He's not getting it. He's not getting it. Now Atlanta might give it to him because I mean Arthur Blank, last name Blank, so he's gonna. Write a blank check, right? <laughs> but 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 that's what I'm saying. If you put the non-exclusive, he gets to go out there and see. I think the the more and more I think about this stuff, man, like especially with the Ravens, because we've been down this road before. We've been down it with Terrell Suggs. They franchised him two years in a row before he got his deal. But I I, I know we both said it. Like you can't play this game yeah, with with this position. With and they're continuing to play the game because reports. It's 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 a whole bunch of nonsense at this point. Um, you know, Lamar had input on you know the hiring of the OC. The, the, Lamar didn't have input, and it's you don't know what to believe. And then it's oh, they don't like the fact that you know they're trying to communicate with him. He's not picking up the phone. I'm hearing that. That's con- so that's contradicting to y'all saying he had input on the hiring of the OC. Then they're saying off the field issues. There's no off the field issues. You just don't like the company he keep but y'all when he knew go that back when home. Y'all drafted. Exactly. So, so I, to me, it's just making it. Just there. go ahead and pull the trigger on the trade. Get what you can get because, like, don't try to undermine this young man because you don't like, you know, how he's moving. Yeah. So we we talked on it a little bit, but we didn't really get into it. When it comes to him having input on the OC, right? From 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 your perspective of being a, a fan of the Ravens and a fan of Lamar, mm-hmm. how does his offense fit Lamar's playing style? Like, if he said yeah, like what did you see in his offense that would make Lamar say yeah, I like that to the, the hire him? Well, if if I'm Lamar, the fact that he throws the ball like point blank period, okay. and Lamar coming from a pro style offense in, in college, despite you know, all of the highlights that we've seen, that we've seen, you know, especially with him running, mm-hmm. he still threw the ball around. Okay. And at some point in Greg Roman's offense, they weren't throwing a ball anymore around the field as much as they did in in uh, year one of Greg Roman's um, uh, 
him being the OC in Baltimore. So I think that it's even if, you know, this whole input thing, it's it's kind of hard to believe because it's like what. So you saying that Lamar's sitting in sitting in on these these interviews and I like, don't even know if I'm going to be here. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I ain't going to hold you. I'm not. As far as what Lamar wants, Lamar wants his money. Yeah. I don't think I he's the ultimate competitor. So, of course, I would think that he wants somebody that could open up his game more. Somebody that would take away or wouldn't run the RPOs as much, keep him from getting hit as much. Like, yeah. I want to have a long-lasting, healthy career. So let, let the running be optional. Optional, right. So Okay, okay. But yeah, so I, I mean, you know, this will be the story for the foreseeable future, the next few weeks leading into what the deadline is, what, March 15th for uh, franchise tags? I, I, yeah, but I, I think you could start tomorrow. Yeah, you could start, you can but start we'll, let's, let's see how long it takes. Let's see what happens, because if they do trade him, they got to tag him anyway. Yeah, in so order for it to I would get that out the way. I would go ahead and tag him tomorrow, Yeah, and let's... Let's see what happens. Let's start. Yeah. See what happens. All right. So last week, um, concluding the part last week, we were going to touch on the Hall of Fame. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations to yes. um the finalists who made it. Um let's let's take a look at the class of 2023. Okay. First, let's start with uh Rondé Barber, twin brother Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber played for the New York Giants. Rondé Barber was a baller. And I'm not going to lie. I thought he would have got in a lot sooner. Why? When a lot of people look at that Tampa defense, because mm-hmm. a lot of people would say, well, he wasn't the mainstay. He wasn't the the person that stuck out on that defense. And he was in his, and he was in his own defense. He was in his head at that, that Tampa, Tampa too. too. So right? he wasn't playing, man. But, but the thing about Rondé, when we look at him, right, mm-hmm. it says Rondé for one. He was he was durable. Not only was he durable, he was productive. He played in 241 regular season games over 16 seasons. He started two, 215 consecutive regular season games. So for one, he was a consistent player. Mm-hmm. He was always on the field. Yeah. Despite the fact that he was in, he played in a, a Tampa two. He finished his career with 47 regular season interceptions. He had eight eight touchdown returns. He had 14. Total defensive and special team touchdowns, touchdowns. eight yeah. picks, four fumble returns, mm-hmm. and then two special team touchdowns. Um, he twice intercepted three passes in a game and six times forced at least two turnovers in the games. NFL all-time leader in sacks and for sacks. cornerback. Yeah. So to me, when you just look at his numbers, he also had the um, the interception return in the championship, in the championship game, game against yep. the Eagles, the last game in, 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 in Veterans Stadium. Yep. He is... Only the only player in NFL history with at least forty five interceptions and twenty five sacks, three time All Pro, selected the five Pro Bowls, uh, member of the uh, NFL's All Decade team of the two thousands, mm-hmm. led the NFL with ten, ten interceptions in two thousand one, led the Buccaneers in interceptions six times, yeah. voted team captain nine, nine times. times, winner of the Ed Block Courage Award in two thousand eleven. You just look at his career, man. Like it's it's up there. Yeah, no, for sure. But the reason why he wasn't gonna go like first ballot, not first ballot, but I mean he's been retired for a couple years now. But he's only been eligible for six years. For I think that's still a long time for him. 
Like but, if John but, if John Lynch went in, if Warren Sapp went in, um, who else on that on that Tampa defense went in? Uh, Derek Brooks Derek went in. Brooks, he yeah. was there with with all of them, but yeah. I feel like they benefit they benefited from each other. Right. And Rondé, when you look at his career and you look at you look at Warren Sapp, you look at John Lynch. I, it's right up there with them. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I just think that that's what they. I think that's what the voters held against him. The fact that he played on that who, defense, defense, who he, he played, played with. On. Yeah, that ain't fair, man. But you know, you you know, like the the Hall of Fame criteria is is more so it it, it differs you depending think, on you who think you it's are. A, it's a it's a um it's a um what's the word I'm looking for. It's it's more so of a uh what's the word? I think it I think it just it 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 differs from player to player, personally. Like being as though that defense was so strong, they feel like he was a cog in that. You understand what I'm saying? Like his yeah, numbers yeah. are undeniable. But it's like, okay, yeah, you got those numbers, but it's hard to worry about you blitzing all the end if we got to worry about sap in the middle. You get what I'm saying? Like, they find yeah. reasons to push yeah. you back. Yeah, I understand. They find it. reasons. Uh, yeah, I understand it. The The word I was looking for was, um, dang, it's, I'm still drawing a blank. Shoot. <laughs> uh, um, dang. Like, old, like, 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 for instance, you see how he was eligible for six years. Uh-huh. But you see Revis got in. First time. Right. Because of what Revis did. All right, let's go to Revis real quick. Um, Darrell Revis, mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was the 14th pick in the 2007 draft. Yep. 2007 draft. Um, started at cornerback in all 16 games of his rookie season. Yep. Um, he was on an all-rookie team. Um, let me see what else. Uh, and then, of course, he started for started for New England. The year they went to the Super Bowl. Um, he had one sack in that he Super Bowl game against the uh, yeah in that in that game against Seattle. First team All Pro, four seasons from '09 to 2012. Those Jet seasons, yeah. Um, elected to seven Pro Bowls. He was named to the NFL's All Decade Team 2010s. Mm-hmm. The Jets MVP 2009 and 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished his career with 29 interceptions, three return for touchdowns, 139 mm-hmm. passes mm-hmm. defense. Yep. Um, in 2009, which is, this is a crazy stat. He led the NFL in pass defenses with 31. 31. I'm surprised they even threw at him that much. 31. Now, here's my only knock with him getting in first ballot. What's that? He was a shutdown corner. Mm-hmm. He was. And a lot of the times with being a shutdown corner, your numbers aren't going to be as high be as high as far as interceptions but he still had 29 throughout his career and a lot of those interceptions he got at the back end of his career when he was playing more in zone coverages yeah. i remember in 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 tampa um in new england i think those were the years the two years where he had the most interceptions in a season if i'm not wrong but again we played him a lot in man he, he traveled yeah um he played. He always played the best teams opposing receiver. He even went in the slot. One of the of reasons why I feel like he he went first ballot is because of that ring he got in New England. Of course, England. of course, that ring he got in New England. That ring mattered. Yeah. If, if he didn't get that ring, he wouldn't have got first ballot. Yeah, 
He went and got first ballot. Then you got to remember, we on New England only <clears throat> got him for that one year. Right. They got him, got the ring, and sent him on about his way because he, he was going to want too much money. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with you on that. But, like, if you look, if you compare their numbers, Rondé's mm-hmm. career looked way better. Yeah, numbers. Yeah. But, but see, when see, when you look at the corner, reason why, see, but a Rondé to me was the number one corner on Tampa. No, it's I'm, just, I mean, I'm saying far as playing man. Mm-hmm. He didn't play man. He played zone. The word I was thinking about earlier was popularity contest. Okay. Popularity. Okay. Like, like it took T.O. forever to get in. When And we say forever. When he got in, what, his third, fourth year of of uh, eligibility? he should have been, been first ballot. But the writers didn't like him. Yeah. That's why he didn't get in. Yeah. So it's, it's popularity when you look at, like, to me, and, and, and we'll get into this, Devin Hester not being there is a crime. Reggie Wayne not being there right now is a crime. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll go into that a little bit more in detail. Um, one of the what do they call him? The senior guys that got in, Don Don Coriel. He was um Him and Chuck Howley. Chuck Howley. Chuck Howley, 45 45th year eligibility. Don Coriel, 36-year eligibility. The What was interesting about Chuck Holly was that he retired after his first year because of a knee injury. Um, well, actually, retired after two seasons. Yeah, he um, came back. And then he came back, and um, he yeah, he played well. He was uh, MVP of a Super Bowl, first defensive player, and first non-quarterback to win at a Ward. Holds... Um, the distinction of also being the only player from a losing team to be named MVP of the Super Bowl. Finished his career with 25 interceptions, named the six Pro Bowls, first team All-Pro five times, um, and then, you know, named to Dallas Ring of Honor. So we you spoke a little bit about the criteria yeah, yeah. for a lot of these guys. It's, it's even amazing that some of these players are remembered from that long ago when considering getting into the Hall of Fame. Joe Klecko also played with uh, Mark Gastineau. Uh, he was a part of the New York Sack Exchange for the New York yep. Jets. Um, he was named NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 81, leading the league with 20 and a half sacks. First team All-Pro honors twice, yep. named the four Pro Bowls. Uh, he moved around on that line. He moved to nose tackle during the 85 season, became the second player in NFL history uh, to be selected to the Pro Bowl at three different positions. One of only five Jets to have his jersey number retired. And he was a six-round pick. And he was a six-round pick. Remember, they had like, what, 14? 14, yeah. Well, then again, yeah, when you think about it, like yeah. that, that wasn't <laughs> bad then, right? Um, Kim Riley. Ah, you got Ken, the jersey. Kim Riley. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm also astonished at how long it took him to get in. Ken Raleigh? Yeah. Why? Because of when you look at his numbers, um, especially being a being a corner. Okay. When he retired, he was top three in interceptions. In interceptions. Yeah. Um, and then he And he was small. Five eleven. Yeah, 5'11", 181. He converted to cornerback and played fifteen NFL seasons over three decades. Played in 207 uh, NFL games, amassing 65 interceptions. Um, he was selected to, he was only selected to one All Pro, 
But um, he held or shared six Cincinnati team records through his final season with the Bengals, led team in kickoff, return yardage during his rookie season, earned the AFC interception title in 76, 82, and 83. Mm Mm-hmm. Led the Bengals in interceptions seven times. Mr. Consistency. He was very consistent. Yeah, Mr. Consistency. Very consistent. All right, let me ask you let me ask you a far left question. All right. He passed away in 2020. Mm-hmm. Do you think that has something to do with him Absolutely. Because I Absolutely. mean Absolutely. But again, like years. just the numbers themselves, like it's not too many players that that aren't that aren't good players that are amassing. Those type those of numbers, numbers as far yeah. as interceptions. Yeah. Like it's seriously. just it's just like, in my opinion, like getting into the Hall of Fame doesn't hold the same weight anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't hold the same it doesn't. weight. Like now this is one player who I think like this was I was this his first year of eligibility? Joe Thomas. Yeah. A monster. And then the, the thing the sad part about it is he, he was played so loyal. on he played on all of them bad Browns teams. He was so loyal. He was um he was the nation's top interior lineman um, his senior year at Wisconsin. Wisconsin always produced it's lineman. good linemen, yeah. offensive and defensive. Third overall pick in, 20, in 2007 by the Cleveland Browns. Started at left tackle all 16 games of his Brown rookie season. Finished second. That's, yeah. This is crazy to me. Finished second in offensive player, offensive rookie of the year voting to Adrian Peterson. Peterson. Um, known for his, his agility, strength, and durability, played all played an NFL record ten thousand three hundred sixty three consecutive snaps. Yeah, um, only allowed thirty sacks in his career, despite facing several Hall of Fame sack specialists. Yeah, and many of the team's top pass rushers. Um, it's certain play. It's some players where you it's like no question. Yeah, like Joe Thomas. That's one. That's like no. That's a no brain. Yeah. If he wouldn't have got in first ballot, that's a travesty. Yeah. How do you feel about Zach Thomas getting in? Zach Thomas was, he was a versatile and instinctive middle linebacker. He reminded, he was like Luke Keekley before Luke Keekley, but but not, not, not as fast. Not, not as, as fast. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. But. No, so, I'm gonna so, be, I'm so, gonna be so honest. At, so, so, I'm gonna so be honest. No. So so let's look at let's no. let's look at some of his numbers real quick. Mm-mm. Um he led so this is is his rookie year. He had three picks and a touchdown, 131 tackles, 49 assisted tackles, and two sacks to earn teams MVP and AFC defensive rookie of the year in ninety-six. Mm-hmm. He led the Dolphins in tackles 10 seasons. That's consistency. Racked up 100 tackles in each of his first 11 seasons. Consistency. Mm-hmm. Amassed 22 tackles in that one, that 2000 playoff game against us. I remember he was flying around the field. Mm-hmm. Set Dolphins career record with four interceptions returned for touchdowns. Uh, his career statistics include 17 interceptions. He registered 20 and a half sacks. Um, 168 starts. Career starts for um, the Dolphins was the most as a defensive player. Uh, he was first team All Pro five times, second team All Pro twice. Voted to seven Pro Bowls. It's the Hall of Very Good now. Yeah, he had a he had a he had a great career. 
but but it wasn't Hall, Hall of Fame, fame worthy. worthy. No. To me, Zach Thomas was a great linebacker, but he wasn't a game changing. Yeah, linebacker. like you, like you wasn't like he wasn't somebody that you were scared right. when you played them. You right. understand what I'm saying? Right. Like like the Hall of Fame now was the Hall of Very Good. Yeah, I'm happy for him, but. Is Jason Taylor? Jason Taylor's in, right? I believe so. Yeah, I w- Jason if they Taylor, let him in. Jason Taylor, he got he has to be in. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you let Zach Thomas in. But one the and our last our last guy who was definitely a game changer, game changer is Demarcus, Demarcus Ware. Ware. Yep. Demarcus Ware. Um coming out of Troy, a lot of people was like, huh? But when you looked at his tape and you looked at his film, he was a problem. He started all 16 games at right outside linebacker. Uh, his rookie season, amassing 58 tackles and a team best eight sacks, led the Cowboys in sacks for eight straight seasons. Yeah. Uh, led the NFL with 20 sacks in 2008, 15 and a half sacks in 2010. Played on only one team with a losing record during his career, which is insane. Yeah. So despite the fact that how the Cowboys were, like we always talk about how they, you know, the Cowboys have been consistently inconsistent over yeah. the last 30 years. But during his tenure there, they only had, what, one losing season, I believe. Right, but 8-8 eight and eight is a winning season. Yeah. You see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, we got we to gotta <laughs> give context to some stuff. Yeah, you're right, you're right. You could go 9-7, and seven and that's considered a winning season. And then when he left Dallas, he, he went on to win a Super Bowl with Denver. And he played a major role. Played a that. major role. He... If you ask Von Miller, Von yeah. Miller would tell you he that's who told him everything. That's who that, told, that, exactly. that was his that's his idol. Yeah. So he, he was voted um first team all pro four times, second team all pro three times, selected the nine Pro Bowls, named to NFL's all decade team of the two thousands. It was two thousands, right? Had a great, 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 great career. Yeah. Great career. He was a he was a he was a he was a he was a, he was a blockbuster um that that move to Denver when he signed with them yeah. like was major yeah, for them. That was a game changer. That was major a game for them. But again, I'm not not mad at him getting in. I'm not mad at Revis getting in. I think, like you said, you touched on Ken Riley. Him passing two years ago, it kind of felt like, oh, let's let's, let's put him let's, in there because 35 years yeah. and now you're just getting in. Yeah, that's 35 years, 45 years is is I don't know, but I don't even remember. Like right, you right, understand right, what I'm saying? Right, right. Like thirty five years we gotta YouTube him to really Right. That's crazy. Now speak on um speak on Devin Hester. I, I feel like when you when you look at him, when you look at Devin Hester, like the same way you gotta look at kickers. Cause Justin Tucker's gonna get in at some point in his career. Adam Vinati- Adam Vinatieri is gonna get in. Justin Tucker's gonna be first ballot. So I, I feel like Adam Vinatieri will be too, but Devin Hester, you 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 watched special teams just for Devin, right? Because you knew every he, time he if, got the if ball, if they had beaten Indy in that Super Bowl, I think he would have. You got think him. he'd have been in now? Because he had a, he had a touchdown kick return, right? To start but, the Super Bowl, but it was though. like yo, if you watching Devin, like you watching special teams, Devin Hester and um from Kansas City, D'Angelo Hall. Was it D'Angelo Dante? Dante Hall? Like, you watch you watch special teams for them too. So I don't know if just because he was just a special teams type of guy is why he didn't get in. But that's crazy. That's crazy. 
I, I mean, you letting all these other people in, like, Devin Hester should have been in before Zach Thomas. You know what I mean? He should have been in before Joe Klecko. Like, I, that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. Like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know why they didn't get him in there, but that's just crazy to me. Yeah. That's no, crazy to I, me. I feel you. So, look, football season's over um, for most. Not for people like us. Football's all year round. Yeah. But we got a, we, <laughs> we got a new segment. We was, you know, talking about this. We want to try something. Try something new. But um, it's funny, man. Like, this past weekend, wifey was like, man. I'm so happy football season's over. <laughs> like she feel like she get a she, she, get, she get me Sunday back. Time. She get yeah. she get them Sundays back. But yeah. so so we got a new segment. We got a segment called Loving Football. I'll play you. What? <laughs> For what? When you feel my heart. heart. Okay. And basically, you know, we this is this is a sports podcast, a football podcast, but it's our podcast, so we could do what we want, talk about yeah. what we want, right? Yeah. So we we like to tap into different elements of of just life in general mm-hmm. as fanatics of teams, um, and then seeing what we do now, having a podcast, we put a lot of effort and energy into research, into source material, right? And yes, being a fan of this game takes us away from Our you know personal lives. Some yeah, personal yeah. lives. You know, a lot of the time. So especially on Sundays, especially and on Sundays, Thursdays, Thursdays. And Mondays. And yeah. when you have a significant other. Mm-hmm. For one, first and foremost, we for for those of us who do have significant others, we appreciate y'all when y'all allow us to have those Sundays to ourselves. You gotta understand, like that's major. You gotta understand. And 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 the thing about it too is that, like, I appreciated what Ron said, what Top said a few weeks ago. He said, "Yo, my anniversary, yeah, is Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not watching, watching the game." Yep, yep. And we was like, "Huh?" Yeah. But when you think about it, like. For one, my team ain't playing it. All right, cool. But yeah. anniversary, that's especially that's when you when you're married. Yeah. That's that's, yeah, that's probably valuable. the most important day of that year. Right. So you we we want to discuss relationships in football to a certain extent. And one of the one of the first things I wanted to do is do a top five, right? Do okay. a top five segment within this segment. Five, okay. So four, top three, five things two, that one. Top five things that you would want your significant other to do for you mm-hmm. revolving around football. Uh the number one is free. Stay out my way. <laughs> and you going you going one through five or five through one? No, I'm going one through five. One through five. Number okay. one on Sundays, mm-hmm. don't bother me. Don't bother you. Especially, especially if my team is on. <laughs> like, I'm no good to you. Yeah. That's known off the top. On right. Sunday, one o'clock, oh yeah. The, Patriots on. Yeah, that's that. Number two, um, jerseys and, you know, hats, paraphernalia, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cause that's not too, you know what I mean? That's not too much to ask for. Yeah. You can get a jersey, a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, number three, tickets. Tickets. And that so you going one through so one is just stay out my way. Yeah, because that's the most that, that, important. Because it's okay, free. okay, okay, it's free. Okay, I got that, you. Because you know sometimes your significant other wants to talk, 
want to ask you to do stuff when the game on. Like, mm-hmm. come on, man. If I miss one play, it's like I missed the whole game. <laughs> okay. You understand what I'm All saying? Right, so you. that's simple for me. I got you. Number three, if you like, you know, if you don't have to go to the game because a lot of times yeah. if you go to my game, it's going to be cold. <clears throat> right. You know what I mean? So just just the thought process. Oh, all right, yeah, they playing. Like, for instance, if the Ravens play, if we playing the Ravens mm-hmm. and we playing them in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Oh, I surprised you with tickets to the game. Okay, you know what I mean? That's love. Um, number four, trying to get involved in it. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Like, because there's some women out there who know football better than men. Mm-hmm. And there's some women that they're not too into sports, but they know that you're into it, right. so they want to so get into try. it. Right. You understand right. what I'm saying? Right. I, I I like that. Right. Because if you're into it, I could teach you. Right. It's just I got to know that you're interested. Right. You know what I mean? And um, number five. Mm. Top, you going to chime in on this one? <laughs> um, <laughs> number five. Um, I would, I would say, I would say four and five is the same for me. Just show five, interest. Same. Show interest. You know what I mean? <clears throat> show interest. All right. So five, one, one through four. Well, five through one for me. Five is. So the way. See me and Ebony, we know we know each other so well. Okay, like if she if she's watching something, then I know to stay out her way. Right. When I'm watching football, it's times where she'll come and sit down and she'll get involved and she'll be more adamant and 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 animated yeah. about the game than I will because no one wants to see that team lose. Yeah. So number five to me because I'm I'm big on like one of my love languages is is quality time. Yeah. So I'm big on. Like, if you want to sit down and watch the game with me, yeah. just us watching, having two boys and us watching the game as a family. Yeah. Like, that's that's number five for me. Number four for me, um, I would have to say, number four would be paraphernalia. Okay. Um, and then it, it, a lot of the times with, even when I do three, two, and one, it's the thought. Yeah, it's the thought. It's the thought. Yeah. Uh, number three would be going to a game with me. Okay. And when I say going to a game, I mean I'm purchasing the tickets. You're coming along, but you're coming to support one of my vices. Right. And you're also supporting the team that, you know, we root for. Right. Now, with us, again, I know most women, they don't want to be out in the cold. Yeah. yeah. So what I try to do is we go at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, we went to the playoff game against the Titans. That okay. was in January, but it was like 75 degrees yeah. that night. So we game. went to the Colts game when they came back and beat the Colts in overtime the season before last. Okay, That was a early October game. It was nice that night. We went as a family. Okay, And then this year, we went as a family up to New York for the Jets, for the Jets game. Yeah. So number three is just coming to the games with me yeah. and being a supportive wife or supportive significant other. Yeah. Number two for me, number two for me is um buying me tickets. Ah, uh, okay. Buying me tickets. Okay. If it's a special occasion, mm-hmm. like if you want to buy me tickets, you know, anniversary or whatever. And number two and number one kind of like go, go connect, together. go hand in hand. Yeah. Number one for me would be surprising me with tickets. Yeah. Surprising me with tickets, especially if it's like a special, not a special occasion, but if they in the playoffs. Yeah. 
Um, me and my homeboy had this conversation earlier. Now, it, it's a stretch when you think about it, but unless you unless you bring it in the dough like that, yeah. as a man or just as a couple in general, yeah. Super Bowl tickets, yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen as far as like, you know, your significant other buying you Super Bowl tickets. If that happens, <clears throat> it's oh, a conversa- man. It's a conversation to be had when, when, when we think about the, the, the whole relationship dynamic when... I'm not going to sit up here and say women expect us to do X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. but they know as men, as certain type of men we are, we should, we should, yeah. especially if you are a provider, if mm-hmm. especially if you are the type of man that likes to see your woman happy, mm-hmm. your significant other happy, then that's something that you're going to make sure that they're good on every level that you know that makes them happy. Right. right? For, so you're basically saying you're more so speaking on their love language. Whatever their love language is, you know... This is how I can do that. Right. But but more so in terms of of material benefits. Yeah. So if I know like well, Ebony, her thing is she loves shopping. Okay. So with certain things that I know she may want, I may contribute to it. I may try to surprise her with it, but I can't surprise her with it because she's very picky when it comes to stuff. Yeah. But as men, I feel like we're so we're not hard to please. We're not hard to please. No. And football is my vice. Yeah. Like, that's one thing I'm going to spend money on as mm-hmm. far as tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, going out of town. And, again, number one, when I, when, I, when I say buying the tickets for me, we could combine that with, let's say it is an anniversary trip, for instance. Yeah. Let's, Just make you know, that a part of it. 40, uh, Ravens play the 49ers. Next year. Mm-hmm. I grew up a 49ers fan. Take me to right? San Fran. Take me to San Fran. Yeah. Let's make it a weekend right. getaway. So I could say, I could say on my end, I haven't been surprised with football tickets. But I've been surprised with basketball tickets. Okay. You know what I mean? So I I think I think, but you know, when it comes to the financial side of it, basketball is a lot more cheaper. I would say that the game tickets. Depending on where you sitting. Yeah, but and it also depends on the team. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It also depends on the Same team. Same thing with football though. Right. Like you could like you could <clears throat> you could finesse it in But basketball too is more games. It's more games. Mm-hmm. But you could finesse the basketball and say, okay, he's a Celtics fan. I can get him the DC t- tickets for cheaper than taking them to Boston. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Now, when you're talking football, Patriots tickets are high regardless. Right. It doesn't matter if they win and losing. That's right. what it's going to be. And then when when they're playing another team, those tickets are going to be higher because it's New England coming to play. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Especially when they had Tom Brady. Tickets were high just because you're saying Tom Brady. Right. So, so I, I think that's fair. For for our for our female audience, we we would like to know What's some of the things that you are willing to do yeah. for your guy when it comes to football? You and we will, don't want to we don't want to hear what sounds good. Mm-mm. We want to what know, you're willing yeah, to do. What you're willing well, to do? Because I know we're gonna hear. Well, it depends on the type of guy. Yeah. It depends on what he's doing for me. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But if if you know that, like just like it might be certain things that you know consist of things that are part of of who you are and 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 how you communicate with your love language if you know your guy as simple as men are and you know that he's a fan of this team he sits down every sunday and watch his team play we want to know what are some of the things that you're willing to do even even the things that he might not necessarily know you're going to do 
Right. And then guys, we want, you know, fellas, we want to know what some other things that could be done. Could be done. It's more so, it's more so the initiative. You know what I mean? Because Taking we know how how sacrificing, how how self-sacrificing it can be and how how much of a, a strain it could be on, you know, significant others during this time of the year. Yeah. Because growing up, I, I specifically remember certain games where I remember the Titans playoff game in, in 2000, 2001 season when we went to Tennessee and beat them. Yeah. I was at family friend's house because my mother and my father went out of town. Yeah, I watched it in the house. And he didn't get to watch the game. <laughs> right. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Man. So it's like, you know, as men, if we putting that off to the side, and not this saying is, that y'all not, you know what I'm is, saying? This is important This to me. is very important. Yeah, and it's not I'm, saying we would rather be doing this than spending time with you. But you know. But, but you know, like that's a man. Like even then, it, you know, find some way for him to watch the game. Like I know I'm taking you away from but, the but game. But see, see, like nah, see, some women, nah, we not no football yeah, this weekend. No football this weekend. This is all me. Yeah, <laughs> it's all that's me. True. So that's true. We need we need that more so when the season's over. We only got 16, 17 But you know, weeks. but but you know, winter time though, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's cuddle season. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. cuffing season. Oh so, my goodness! You know they want to be bundled up. They 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 want mm-hmm. that warmth from. They want that body heat and stuff mm-hmm. like. Summertime, they they ready to go kick it with their girls. Yeah, we so, outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, let us know. So this is a segment we we know we 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 test it out yeah. and see see how it goes, and uh, you know maybe we could do a little bit more with it moving forward, but. That's all I got this week, dog. Um, do you want to um, touch on the taxes? NFL and taxes? Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Uh, yeah, let's touch on that real quick. So we had this discussion about how what a lot of people, this, this goes back to the contract yeah, situation, contract. the contract talks. The reason why you, you're seeing more players moving more towards trying to get guaranteed money, more guaranteed money, not only because of um, the way the contracts are set up, they don't get as much money as you think they do. Mm-hmm. But then <clears throat> when you play in these different cities, you have to file taxes in those cities. And, of course, you know each state is different percentage-wise. So when you look at – when we look back at Terrell Owens' situation and how he felt like people, you know, were stealing money from him and stuff like that, when you have him uh, – have an accountant, you want to make sure you have somebody you trust. When you play and, – and same thing with every sports player, every athlete, NBA, MLB, they have to file taxes in every city that they play in. Right. So it ties back – into the conversation about contracts when you think about how much money you're really getting. Because at the end of the day, someone could make a certain amount of money a year, but depending on what state they live in, yeah, they might not see a certain percentage of that money. Like the best division to be in when it comes to taxes is the AFC South. Because they don't have a lot of three of the four don't have state taxes. Mm. In the uh, south. Uh, Dallas, uh, Texas, because mm-hmm. you got Houston, Houston Dallas. Um, what you said, AFC, well, AFC South, ten- uh, so not Tennessee, Tennessee <clears throat> um, Houston, Indiana, and, and the, yeah, the Colts. I think no, I think they got it. I think they, they got, got state it. taxes. Okay. It's one of them that doesn't, but that's the only one. And this Jacksonville, and Florida, 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 yep, Jacksonville, Florida. So, yeah. and all of this came from 
Michael Jordan. Right when this um, is how that started. When it's when they the played tax. when they played in the, the finals in '91, mm-hmm. LA decided to charge, charge them for them. playing at the forum. Right. So charge them California California taxes. taxes. Yeah. And then California taxes are high, high, it's crazy high. So uh, Illinois, they turned around and did the same thing. Mm-hmm. They were the second state to do it, and yeah. then after that, that's Everybody when everybody did it. The yeah yeah the ripple effect. It's so, called the jock tax. If y'all never heard, yeah, of the it. jock tax. So. Again, this is why you have to be prepared for, you know, for this career yeah. coming out of college. You got to know what you're, what you're working with and what you're up against. That's why when you look at somebody like a Chad Johnson who says, I didn't spend any of my NFL earnings. He saved 83%. He saved 83% of it. Because, again, people get out here. It's, it's cool. You want to get out here, buy what you want, do what you want with your money. But you also have to be smart about it because there's so many different avenues, so many different corners you have to touch and be mindful of when it comes to the money that you make Mm -hmm. versus the money you got to give back. Right. So before we get out of here, this is my last question on it. Um, So let's say let's say you're playing in California. Yeah. Right. Does the taxes come out of your game check for that game or does it come out of? Your total earnings for that year. So if you if work? you are so this is how I I, I uh, read the information. If you are a resident, so your primary residency. Okay. Some players they live in a city during the NFL season, but then they have a home where you know they wherever they live. Yeah. So say like Lamar, he might have a home in Florida. Right. He may say Florida is my primary residence. Right. I work. In, in Baltimore. Baltimore. I work in Maryland. Florida has no state tax, nope, right? No, nope, no state Baltimore tax. Baltimore is six, I think six, we six almost percent. seven, yeah. almost seven, six, six and something. Yeah. So if his primary residence is in Florida, your primary residence is where you file your primary taxes. Right. So his game checks would be the ones, or maybe just his total earnings for the state of Maryland. Got you. Is what would be taxed. Gotcha. Okay. So think about okay. think okay. about um, like San Francisco and the Rams. They're in the same division. So that's two, three, three games in I mean in 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 California. in California alone. That's for most players. That's going to be their primary residence. So the state tax taxing is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So. Again, just be mindful, you know, just be mindful of all little, because it's not just athletes, it's musicians. Yeah. It's like, think about Beyonce when she went over to Dubai and performed over there. That money's staying over there. Of course. It's I'm staying in the offshore head. account. I'm yeah. not bringing that and then, uh, and then now that I know that, I'm 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 game, I'm low managing. Mm-hmm. When we go to Cali, mm-hmm. I can't play. I'm hurt. <laughs> and that's what a lot of these players are doing manager. when you look at the NBA. Yeah, that's what they like, doing. I'm low manager. That's what they doing. If it's not a game that we need, I'm that's what low they need. managing, bro. But then if you low manage, are you still getting paid for sitting out? If you getting paid, then they can still tax it, right? Yeah. And yeah, they definitely because what their their contracts is basically guaranteed. Right. So they getting paid, so they're gonna exactly. get taxed regardless. Right. You might as well play. Right. Dang. Yep. I try to find a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. all. Yeah, that's um, that's it this week, dog. Yeah. All right, man. Let's get out of here. All right. Um, week 11, first week of the off season. This is Adjusting the Road Podcast. We'll holler at y'all next week. Peace.